Life isn't about avoiding the bruises. It's about collecting the scars to prove that we showed up for it. Join Nikki Seberini for the next hour as she explores heroism through illness. There is a warrior inside each of us. This is Life Links with the DL Link. Life Links is a funding initiative of the DL Link. Well, good afternoon to you. Welcome to the show. This is the DL Link show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination here on 101.9 High FM. I'm Nikki Seberini and always privileged and delighted to be taking you on a journey for an hour. If for any reason you have to leave um, because you're busy or something comes up, that's absolutely fine. Just a reminder that we do podcast the show so you can listen to the show again from tomorrow. You just have to visit the High FM website and just go to podcasts and look for a Thursday and the DL Link show and then all the shows from the past um, will come up for you and then you can listen um, in your own time. Now, we've had a fantastic, fantastic month. Um, you know that uh, the DL Link had their annual charity event. You as a community came together, as you do time and time again, to support an organization that supports the community and beyond. Um, looking after over 950 um, cancer warriors and their families, and uh, the charity event was a huge success. So we are so grateful to you um, for taking part, for contributing. And as I said, it really has been a busy August. And perhaps we haven't mentioned with all the busyness that August is, listen, it's an important month for many reasons, but certainly on this show, it is organ donor month. And we're pretty passionate, I certainly am, when it comes to organ donation and um, talking about the importance of donating you know, very often it's something that sits at the back of your mind. Perhaps it's something you would never consider. Maybe it's something you would, but you just haven't got round to doing it. And unfortunately, it's so often when you have a horrific uh, uh, tragedy um, that befalls you or, you know, God forbid, or a family member that you start to think, oh, goodness, you know, maybe maybe it's something I should do. And I wish other people would donate as well. And so that's why we really, really want to highlight it, because if it is sitting at the back of your mind, if it is something that you want to do, perhaps, you know, these kind of conversations and these stories will push you to call up and to sign the form and to do it because you could be saving not just one life, but many lives. So um, with that, um, as the foundation, um, we, all the way back in 2019, were so lucky enough to have uh, Gabby Lowe join us on the show. She shared her extraordinary, extraordinary story of her beautiful Jenna, her daughter Jenna, her journey. Um, she wrote this best-selling book, um, Get Me to 21. And, um, you know, Gabby, not only is she... Um, you know, uh, uh, an author who wrote this best-selling book, but she's also the director of the Jenna Lowe Foundation, um, helping um, other people who suffer from this very rare lung disease, which is what Jenna was diagnosed with, um, and that's pulmonary arterial hypertension. But also, 
Um, she's going to be joining us today to talk about a documentary, Get Me to 21, based on the Jenna Lowe story. Um, it was broadcast on Mnet on the 12th of August. If you missed it, you will still be able to catch it. Um, and it's a 90-minute documentary, uh, just an incredible story um, and something that has to be watched. So we are so delighted to have Gabby join us again today to, yeah, just to to keep us up to date with what's been happening and uh, give us a bit of insight into how the documentary came together. Gabby, welcome and thank you, thank you for joining us. Such a pleasure always to chat to you. Thank you, Nikki. So, Gabby, I mean, I've given a, quite a brief, a brief explanation, kind of putting people into the picture. And um, perhaps we can in a very short, you know, and, and, I, and I don't want to say short way because there's so it's, it's so Jenna's story is, is so magnificent. Um, you know, when we last chatted and we spoke about the kind of child that she was, the books that she wrote, her achievements, just just quite unbelievable and of course the story of the 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 um, lung transplant and then what transpired from there but perhaps you can just for our audience just put them in the picture in terms of what your life has looked like um since um you know Jenna's passing and and what that experience has been like for all of you wow um do you do you know it's now eight years since she passed i can't yeah. quite believe it <laughs> yeah i can't either actually yeah i remember i remember that whole get me to 21 like it was yesterday gabby like mm. it was yesterday yeah sorry mm. i didn't mean to interrupt you no not at all so what has life been like well the first couple of years post her death were hugely difficult that sort of grief is uh debilitating and then I was invited to the Sixth World Symposium for Palmary Hypertension and catapulted back into the world of Palmary Hypertension. We had relaunched the Genolo Trust on what would have been her 21st birthday three months after she died. But I was so broken, I wasn't in a space to do much. Um, and being catapulted back into the world of rare disease um, really sort of woke me up to to the fact that I needed to carry on Jenna's work. It's what she wanted. So since then, what has the last eight years looked like? On a personal level, it's been about coming to terms with grief and loss and learning to live with it and learning mm. to find a way to thrive regardless of the loss. We also, I heard you talking about your cancer um, warriors event that you held recently you know, we're not out of the woods. My husband has cancer. So on a personal level, it's been an, a nonstop journey of resilience. But on the side of the Genelo Trust, what we have done is uh, we, we we support and started a clinic at Khoriskia for other palmary hypertension patients. I was seconded onto an international patient empowerment program with the PVRI, Palmary Vascular Research Institute, so I've been doing a lot of work on patient empowerment and I continue to drive awareness for organ donation and for earlier diagnosis of palmary hypertension patients. This year I hold the first ever palmary hypertension patients perspective symposium in Africa and it was a coming together of patients, of families, of communities who are trying to support people with palmary hypertension and it was patient driven so that the patients had access to expertise, to knowledge across the board, not just to doctors, but to allied health professionals. 
um, and an opportunity for them to see each other, meet each other, support each other, but in a very professional way. So mm-hmm. a lot has been going on. Wow. Um, I also mm-hmm. run a coaching practice, as you know. Um, I had, had a massive change in career, became a life coach, and so run two coaching practices as well. So my, wow. my, my life purpose has changed. And, um, although I live every day with grief, I can to, and with challenge, as we all do, there's not a person out there I've met who doesn't live with challenge. I can say that I, that I love my life genuinely. Sure. Wow. There's so much, there's so much I want to unpack there. Wow. Um, firstly, to go through what you all went through and then for you to continue on the journey. You know, some people would want to walk away and say, I don't want anything to do with pulmonary hypertension or anything, the, the memories, everything associated with that. Because, of course, I mean, when, when it took a long time for Jenna to be diagnosed, and when she was, the treatment was so poor, the availability of treatment, and, and therefore you, you needed the transplant. So, you know, for you to walk away from that and say, I don't want anything to do with that would be so understandable, Gabby, and yet... You've been driven in the name of Jenna to continue with us, to reach out, to help with others. You talk about every day living with grief, but you love your life. Mm. Has having this purpose and really pushing with this, with this, um, with this foundation, has, has that helped with the process for you? Without a doubt, without a doubt. So it's a double-edged sword because it keeps me in that world and um, pulmonary hypertension is a cruel and difficult disease and depending what category of pulmonary hypertension you have, obviously. When Jen was diagnosed, you know, there was only one treatment available in South Africa and we had a massive struggle to get what she needed and didn't always succeed. So I have become passionate about earlier diagnosis for patients because there are now 18 treatments available, not all of them in South Africa, but worldwide there are 18 treatments available. And so pH patients can have a better quality of life and a longer life. If you have the sort of version that Jen had, pulmonary arterial hypertension, she was category one and she was severe by the time she's diagnosed, there, there isn't a cure but there are treatments to help with quality of life. Um, so, you know, in some ways, I know it's going to sound weird um, because I don't know how you ever make sense of a death like Jen's, but in some ways doing this work does help me to make more sense out of a senseless, otherwise senseless death. Mm. So her incredible campaign whilst she was still alive, the Get Me to 21 campaign that garnered literally just under a 300% increase in organ donors, that in itself, I watched what that did for Jen. Even though she was facing her own death, she didn't know if she would get the organs. Doing that campaign and literally making a difference every day gave her a sense of agency, gave her a belief, made her know that her value, it didn't matter what she could do and not do. You know, even though she was getting more and more disabled, it didn't matter she still had massive value because she was able to make a difference. Mm. Wow. And of course, for our audience, um, you don't know, um, Jenna needed to have this bilateral, um, um, lung transplant and the, the numbers of transplant donors in South Africa was ridiculously low. And as you just said, Gabby, what an increase through this um, social media campaign. 
Her, her light shone so brightly in her short few years that she was on this earth, Gabby. And her light seems to shine even brighter in her passing. Um, which is, 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 is something that is quite extraordinary. We're going to take a break, Gabby, um, and we're going to continue with our discussion after it. So please stay with us. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the show. I have Gabby Lowe on the show. Gabby is an author of, um, a best-selling book, Get Me to 21, um, Jenna Lowe's story, and is a director of the Jenna Lowe Foundation. Gabby's also a coach and uh, just doing really incredible things. And Gabby, just before the break, we were talking about having purpose and meaning, um, you know, and what this foundation has done for you and continues to do and the the patients that you help, those uh, uh, PH patients that you are helping, um, how, how the landscape has changed somewhat um, how for Jenna when she was doing this, get me to 21, trying to get m- people to donate, to become donors, I beg your pardon, um, and that there was such an increase in people um, signing up to become um, organ donors. And for our audience, of course, um, the, a, 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 how, how does one say it? I mean, the, the lungs, you know, someone that you found a match. You found a match. We did. We found a match. That's how you say it. It was unexpected. Yes. Yeah, uh, literally, because lungs are the most difficult of all organs, um, and it's also the most su- difficult surgery. So, um, after three months after she launched her campaign, six months after she was emergency listed, we found a, a match, and we flew her to Johannesburg that very same day, and she went straight into surgery. Yeah, yeah, and it's a very, very difficult surgery. She had six months in ICU, uh, which were horrific horrific months and she didn't make it um maybe if she'd got the lungs earlier she would have um but even though she had such an impact on organ donation the sad truth is that we still have way too low an organ donation rate in south africa Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's quite as i was saying earlier it's only when these when you pushed you know um, when something hits you close or someone you know that you start to really think, oh, well, maybe I should do something about it. Otherwise, we just tend to get on with our lives, don't we, Gabby? It's, um, mm. it's, it's mm. an ex- extraordinary thing. And that's why, as I said at the beginning of the show, the more we can have this discussion and get people not just the awareness, but actually taking action, that's when things start to mm. shift. So Gabby, you then, wrote a book, the, the Get Me to 21, which is a, a bestseller. And that, and I remember we chatted about the book and that for you, it, as hard as it was, it was quite a cathartic experience for you writing the book, going there, going back in detail to all the moments um, and sharing oh, your, your beautiful daughter with everybody who had the opportunity to read the book. And now in 2023, it's been turned into a documentary. Tell us how that came about. Well, I think that with all of the work I've been doing on this um, International Patient Empowerment Program, it really has been highlighted for me that doctors all over the world talk about the patient journey. But with a rare disease, the patient journey starts years before you even get to a doctor. You know, Mm -hmm. in many, many cases in a rare disease, that patient's journey begins long before diagnosis and diagnosis happens so late. 
So I was absolutely, you know, just racking my brains. What can I do to help for earlier diagnosis? Because that's so important with pulmonary hypertension, with most rare diseases. And um, whilst COVID was happening, um, I realized that there was this massive increase in people watching Netflix. Then I realized that there was a massive increase in people watching documentaries. Mm. And then it dawned on me that there was this big interest because of COVID and us all being impacted by it in medical journeys. Plus, there was this weird moment I was sitting on the couch where it kind of dawned on me that suddenly millions and millions of people around the world had been exposed to what it feels like to not be able to breathe. Exactly. And that is the most prominent symptom of pulmonary hypertension. You cannot breathe. You cannot absorb the oxygen into your lungs. And um, this, this, that, that kind of idea just sparked me. I was like, now's the time for a docky. And the best way to really get people to remember something is through narrative. If you're going to do it through a boring sort of medical um, diatribe, I think that most people are going to forget. So I think Jenna's story is a beautiful way to tell the story of her late diagnosis and the symptoms of palmy hypertension and explain what it is, but to do it in a way that is watchable and is funny, light, but also sad. It's everything. It's a bit of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And because it's retrospective, um, there's a lot of interviews with doctors, with experts, but also with her friends. And it's so fascinating to see how far they've come in their lives since she passed. And the influence that her journey had on them stands mm-hmm. out so amazingly in the documentary. Um, yeah, it took three years to put it together. I don't think I realized what I was getting myself in for, but wow. I've absolutely loved it. It's been an incredible project to do. And yet again, forced me to go back and and really unpack and and um, you know, luckily because we were trying to create awareness for the illness, we did have a whole lot of footage of Jane. We filmed her during the process and the progress of her disease because we were trying to raise awareness for the disease so that we could get the meds into the country. So we had this beautiful footage and. Um, yeah, it's been extraordinarily powerful, and it's now available on Showmax, which is very exciting. <laughs> I mean, you know, the book, now the documentary, as you say, the story, seeing her friends grown up and the impact. Would you say that's a, a second sheath of healing? Is it a second? What, what What is that? What is it like? What is it like reliving once again, but this time with such a purpose to educate and to get this important information out there? You know, again, I'll say it's been a double-edged sword. There have been moments that have been really, really, really difficult. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Myself and my editor, Mary Berry, spent hours, thousands of hours sitting editing footage, and there were times that we just wept or that yeah. we just we just had to take a break, that we just said we can't, we need to have a week's break. And six months before the docky was finished, um, James, Jenna's ex-boyfriend or boyfriend at the time that she passed, he found his old laptop and he found a whole lot of WhatsApp messages from her. And he said to me, would you like to, to listen to them? And I didn't have the courage to listen to them all, but we have used some of them in the docky and they've absolutely made it actually because you, you meet the presented Jen in the footage that was filmed and then yeah. you meet what was really going on for her in her journal, her journal entries. 
And then you meet the teenager in these WhatsApp voice notes that were oh. intended just for her friends, you know. Yeah. And it's light, and, and she's light, and she's funny, and she's wicked, and it's just actually fantastic to have all those layers in the docky. But my goodness, it was hard. <laughs> it was yeah. unbearably hard. But what I've learned about trauma, because it wasn't just grief, it was a lot of trauma, because of the nature of her death, um, is that unless you go back there, unless you process it, you can't put it down, and you can't yeah. heal from it. You cannot heal from trauma that you bury. Mm-hmm. Trauma that's buried comes forth in uglier ways future in the future. It takes you out of the knees a, a different way. And yeah. as hard as it is, we have to find safe, safe ways to, to process our trauma. Wow. So true, Gabby. So true. And well, it's a gift. It's a gift to all of us. Um, a gift to Jenna, this documentary. And for people who are listening right now and thinking, Oh my goodness, I, I just have to get my hands on the documentary. You say Showmax is the place to go. That's where Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. It's just been launched on Showmax. It's there under, I think it's new movies or new documentaries. And yeah, it's available throughout Africa. Sure. Amazing, amazing. And of course, you had a fantastic team helping you, um, directed oh, by Diana Lucas, as you say, edited by Mary Berry. You were in very good hands. We absolutely were. It was a small team, a real passion project. We worked very hard with very little budget, but we have, I think, done a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful job. Oh, fantastic, Gabby. And I have to ask, because you did mention Stuart, right at the beginning, because of course, um, we mentioned in one of our interviews that, um, three months, I think it was three months after Jenna had passed, um, Stuart came to you and told you that he had cancer and, and, and what, and he had had it for a while, but he hadn't shared it with you because he didn't want to burden you. He didn't want to burden Jenna. Um, mm-hmm. and he had been diagnosed with multiple myeloma, bone marrow cancer. How, how is he, Gabby? Well, it's year eight of chemo, so um, he is an he's a warrior, <laughs> a real warrior. He's and, a warrior. Yeah, he's at the moment he's doing pretty well, all things considered, and he's the most extraordinary human. He really is. Um, yeah. So each year is a gift, and um, he's he's good, regardless mm. of ongoing biweekly. Every every second week he has um, treatment. And regardless of that, he's unbelievable. He's great. He's working. He's got energy. Obviously, he has five out of every 14 days. There are five bad ones, but he is amazing. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. And can I say, Gabby, that I think you are an extraordinary human being. And um, thank you for spending time with us. And thank you for being an example to many, many people who are listening to the show right now, some who are feeling so low and so depleted and so hopeless and so weak amongst the challenges. And to listen to your voice and to listen to your story and what you've done, I'm sure serves as a huge, as a huge inspiration and motivation and just a shining light. So we thank you for that, Gabby. And may, may Jenna's story just seep into so many homes, into so many people's hearts. 
influence, um, you know, early diagnosis, as you've said, but more than that, that, to touch people and connect people in the kind of way that I know you want to. So thanks, Gabby. You are an extraordinary person, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nikki. Goodbye. Bye, Gabby. So that is a documentary you have to see. Get Me to 21 based on the Jenna Lowe story. It's on Showmax. I hope you've got Showmax. And um, as Jenna said, as um, I beg your pardon, Gabby said, so many layers of Jenna's story, you know, as the patient and then as this beautiful teenager um, and with everything that goes with it. 